The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. podcast uh this has been uh this is our live stream of course twitch.tv slash rough drafts podcast it's all presented by slingshot esports and we are combining two lovely things for you lovely listeners into one and that is our preview of the next series just like we did last week where we talked about these semi uh the quarterfinals and what we thought was going to happen to those series but we're also going to be guessing the lines. That's right. Our guess the lines challenge is here. Hey, Lamau. I actually get to see what the the little setup you have looks like as we go through. Oh, see, I changed I changed it for this week because oh. uh, there's only two games. So that's fair. It looks like you have Samsung versus H2K on my screen right now. Yeah, I just swapped it back over because I forgot that we were starting with with Rocks versus SKT. Yeah, so. we got We got to start at the beginning, and it's a shame because this is the series I think that. Everyone has been waiting for. It is the rematch from last year's World Finals. It is the most anticipated series that any of us could have hoped for because this was this was the criticism. This was the asterisk that held over Rocks Tigers for the entirety of the summers. That you know they won, but they never played SKT. Now did they? And then it was you know well look they dropped a game to to Albus Knox Luna. Clearly they're the worst team to ever win Korea <laughs> and now everyone in Korea has dropped that because they went on to go smash ADG but it does bring up this whole idea of two powerhouses one powerhouse that is you know this this SKT you know definitive part of the scene a team that has been dominant since season three you know that has two world championships under their belt the only organization that has ever won more than one world championship with some of the same guys on these rosters, you know, Faker is, you know, could be a three-time world champion if things go his way this year. And meanwhile, oh, Rocks yeah. Tigers, the underdog story, the team that everyone with a soul, you have to look at them and go, but you know, they've been through so much hell just trying to find sponsors despite the fact that the team is filled with such talented players. They have come this close time and time and time again to beating SKT, and they just can't <laughs> quite find the key that unlocks uh, the door. Walter, I guess I don't have a soul. You're rooting for SKT here? I'm rooting for SKT, of course. Do you root for the Empire and Star Wars 2 out of curiosity? Is that where you're at? Star Wars 2, there is no Empire. I, I, as in T-O-O, as in also. Oh, as in, as in also? Yes. Uh, the prequels I mean, never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. The prequels never happened. Yeah. I mean, I... I always like a bad guy. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of a bad guy. 
bad guy fan. My name comes from a Sith Lord, for God's sakes. That like, is true. <laughs> I wonder how many people realize that. Like, we've been, you know, Walter Sietti's Fedchuck has been brought up a thousand times, and yet I've never heard anyone on Twitter make a Sith joke to you. And I feel I like that should have happened by now. A, a few people, like, in, in game have been like, oh, is this is, is your name modeled after this? I'm like, yeah, it is. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> so I'm like, get it. I'll tell the story in the Q&A. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you guys the story. Be great. Like, yeah, no, I'm I'm personally rooting for SKT. Like, yeah, the Rocks Tiger story is 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 a good one. They you know they keep stumbling up against SKT. They can't quite figure it out. They you know replace their jungler. They're one weak link with this young gun peanut. I love everything about like the personality of the team and yeah. and all that jazz. Mm. But we got to bring up the elephant in the room about Rocks Tigers. Whether people want to believe it oh, oh are we going here want to acknowledge it oh boy whether people want to accept it as fact or merely as speculation there is a rumor and a story has come out via jacob wolf at espn everyone's favorite reporter as i think we can all i mean hey whatever friend, i don't care friend of the podcast for the record friend, friend, of, the friend of the podcast jacob wolf he's appeared on this podcast he before, has a couple he times before he was at back one day yeah. Um, but anyways, but he, he published a report that sources say that uh, the Rocks Tigers will be disbanding after Worlds. Yeah. Now, this has been refuted by the organization in multiple ways. Uh, this has been refuted by Susie, by Monty, by a bunch of people well, in the Korean kind of know. To be clear, if I remember the exact thing that Susie phrased, because both Susie and Monte Cristo have been very clear, that what they said was, these are rumors, and I told you not to go publish them yet. Like, I told you this was a bad idea. That's not to say yeah. that they're untrue. It's just yeah. it was a bad idea to do this now. And, and to be fair, it is a bad idea to do this now. This is something that, like, we're still in the middle of the World Championships. A, we should not be thinking about what's going to be happening in the offseason. Let's focus on Worlds for the next two weeks, guys. And second of all, if they win a championship... How many championship teams look at each other and say, you know what, we just won, we are the defending guys, but screw it, we're going to give up that mantle. It just doesn't happen. There's so many things that can change between now and then. Samsung boys. Samsung. Yeah, but Samsung got bought out by China. And maybe Rocks Tigers get bought out by China too. But that is such a different thing from an organization disbanding. And that's why I, I have a ton of respect for Jacob Wolf. I totally believe that his sources are legitimate. Um, I, I have no doubt whatsoever that he did his due diligence. I don't know why Reddit continues to doubt him for whatever reason. I guess it's just, you know, reporting is bad. Trust me, the one time we ever tried to report anything, I've gotten more death threats in that 24 hours than you can imagine. I still have a couple of them saved on my phone. I will also share those with you in a Q&A if you guys would like to hear them sometime. But, it, I mean, that's just, it's just the world of reporting and how it goes, you know. He got the leak. His sources were good. Uh, I believe that all of that went according to plan. I wouldn't have published the story yet. I think that he. I think you wait until after. World I disagree. I disagree. I. I don't. I don't want to make it. A, I don't want to make the the podcast about the ethics no, and whether no, or not no, he should it, have published it. He. He as a journalist yeah. has an obligation to report news. That's true. And to report it in a timely manner. And if he doesn't publish it, he is risking that another journalist gets a hold of the story and they do publish it. So. I he he got a story. He followed through whatever their vetting process is at ESPN. Him and his editors both felt comfortable publishing it. They published the story. 
Rocks has every right to dispute it and to, you know, make, you know, disavow it, make whatever claims they want about the reality of it, whatever. I have no issue with him doing it now. It sucks that it is right before a key match for the Rocks Tigers in the World Championship. It sucks that it is a distraction to them. But at the same time, it's not his fault. No, it's not his it's, fault. And, and for the record, if it's job. a distraction to Rocks Tigers, that's on them. But well, I just it's... think that the problem, the problem with this is that even if all of his sources are perfect, things are going to change. Depending on how they do in the series, I think their feelings can change. And until anything is signed on the dotted line and they know for a fact, and maybe that has, and maybe we'll find out that this is all some elaborate ruse and whatever else... <laughs> But I'm telling you right now, as someone who has coached players and whatever else, there is no way. It, it would be incredible to me that the org would not want to fight to defend their title if they were to win one. That's just something I cannot see happening. It is beyond my scope of human interaction. That's, that's how I money. feel about the story. you got to have money to run an org, and that is Rox's biggest problem is they and don't. And if they can't money. get money after winning a world championship, Korea has bigger problems. Oh, wait, they already do. The pro league but, doesn't But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't can, matter because they're not beating SKT. Can, can you just can you give happening. me my moment about StarCraft? You just talked over no, it. Take it. Take it. Sorry. Take, take your 10 seconds about StarCraft. Rest in pepperonis, pro league. Um, you were the best thing probably about esports in general as far as just there being nothing more fun than like this roulette of, you know, you have to beat our best and he keeps going until you beat him. And this is a fun back and forth. It is a sign, you know, five teams releasing their, their players is a sign of just how much the StarCraft community has fallen in Korea. And if it's not successful in Korea, if the Western audiences are what's keeping StarCraft alive, we've got huge issues going forward. I am terrified for what happens to StarCraft next, mostly because I don't see any RTS game coming out that replaces it. No one's really making real-time strategies like StarCraft. Um, and it's not like Blizzard's going to rush to make StarCraft 3 when Legacy of the Void just came out and is still making them bank. So I don't know. I, I'm sad about it. But it does speak to where Korea is. Maybe the financial problems are that bad for Rocks. We'll, we'll find I, out. I just have one thing to say about StarCraft. Sure. Um, evolve or die. That's just what it comes down to. And no. I don't think StarCraft evolved what, into what you, the modern What do you call Legacy of the Void? Scene. I, the gameplay absolutely has evolved. I don't think that the eSport evolved to keep up with CSGO and League of Legends and Dota. I don't, That's what I think the problem is. I don't know how you could. I mean, the problem is, you look at the PC banks, it's played by less than 1% of players in Korea. But that's, what, but that's what it comes down to, is you either have to evolve and adapt, or you die. And unfortunately, uh, that was what happened. I'm writing an article about the, the problem of oversaturation within eSports, and, and so I don't want to spoil too much of Oh, well, that's going to go because esports go. heaven sneak would be, uh, yeah, esports heaven would not like it if I sneaked out what my article is going to be before it comes out. But adapt or die only works when the market is at a point where you can allow for adaptation. There's nothing StarCraft realistically could have done to keep themselves alive in Korea. There's okay. nothing that could be done. And remember, we're talking about Korea right now. It's not has nothing to do with Counter Strike Global Offensive. It's League of Legends, it's Dota 2 growing, it's Heroes of the Storm growing in Korea, which people always understand. Overwatch. And Overwatch was a huge, it was the death knell. Overwatch killed any chance that it had left because these games are all far more popular. But that's, what can StarCraft do that could have made things different? 
I find it very hard to come up with things because if you're talking about having bigger events, having more, you know, more consistent events, quality of play, quality of the series, I can tell you it's as good as it's ever been. I've been watching it. But this is not a StarCraft podcast. This is a League of Legends <laughs> podcast. I took my 10 seconds and gave it, you know, two or three minutes. Hey, but, that's fine. I, it, it, but as, but it, it, I mean, yeah. it, it comes down to this overall idea of whether they're going to fall apart or not, and I'm not sure whether the organization will continue to exist. I, I, that's not on me to call. I think they want to go out with a bang, no matter what. And it's funny that they're going up against bang because it means I accidentally made a pun there. Hey, but, but this series is not going to come down to, you know, you know, who has the best, you know, who has the bigger story of who wants it more, right? SKT wants to be the three-time world championship. Rocks Tigers wants to get that one last hurrah or finally take the monkey off of their back that has been SKT. That will always, always, always be the case. So this is going to come down to who can execute the most perfectly. And Walter, when you look at these teams and, and how they play, what do you think these teams are going to attack? Like, wh- How does each of these two teams try to exploit the holes? Because you've got to find them, despite them both looking like near-perfect teams right now. What do they try to do? So, so here's the thing. Rocks Tigers needs to beat SK Telecom in about 35 minutes. They need to get out on top of them. They need to build a massive gold lead, and they just need to play their super aggressive early game style. The problem is, is that at every turn... SKT has proven that they can absorb all those punches. They can stall it out long enough that they they are the more talented players in two key positions. They are more talented AD carry, and they have a more talented mid laner. That is a fact. That is outright a fact. You cannot argue that Prey is as good as Bang. It no. It's no. not going to happen. But you I cannot also argue, argue that individual talent is not what has ever decided a series between that is fine but the problem is is that that rocks relies on making plays in the early game specifically through peanut Mm. to get them ahead they rely on smed making plays solo in his lane which he could absolutely do against duke the problem is is that when you have players that are as good as faker and bang that are the best or best adjacent at their position they can always make those plays themselves. And that has been something that happens to Rocks is when they are trying to make these early aggressive plays, Bang pulls off a miraculous 2v3 and gets first blood. Even though he dies, he gets the first blood and starts, you know, there's no gold advantage. Faker makes a 1v1 or he makes some outrageous escape mm-hmm. and Blank or Bangy come in and get a kill. Like, they make those plays. SKT is somehow able to continuously weather this early game aggressive storm from the Tigers. And as we've seen throughout the course of their play over the last two years, they are the team that is just going to slowly drag out that game for 35 minutes and strangle the life out of you. And Rocks Tigers does not do well against that. When the game starts to drag later and later, then they have to rely on a miracle five-man cannon ultimate from Smet. See, that's where I'm going to respectfully disagree. The, if you asked Korean experts that, you know, what Rocks did best at going into this tournament, they would have said late-game teamfighting. That's been their bread and butter, is that they can trust Smeb to initiate these teamfights really well. Kuro and, and Prey do a really great job of cleaning up from the back. This is how, you know, their coordination in those fights is what got them the championship this time around. Because Peanut has not always been the massive playmaker. And if you look at the group stage, their first 10 minutes were their weakest 10 minutes by far in every that, single one that of the games. That is true. Now, is here's true. the problem, is that you, it's very hard to be a teamfighting team 
and play from a certain distance behind. You can give up a little bit, but you can't give up everything. And the problem for me with this series is I think that whether it's Faker, whether it's Bang, whether it's Blank, I think that they're going to try to snowball at least one of these three spots. And if they snowball these spots to the point where they make team fights incredibly difficult for rocks, it will take pitch perfect execution against a team that is just as intelligent as they are. And that's where I see rocks slipping up. I don't think it's going to be if SKT drags it to the late game and they're even, I think rocks wins those games. I think that's exactly the way rocks wants to play. They want to make sure that Faker isn't snowballing the game. They want to make sure that Prey is keeping even so he still is able to fight from the back line in team fights. They trust Smeb's initiation and his teleport play because he is the best player in the top lane at doing those two things. That's how rocks wants to play. They're not going to want to play for the early game. The fact that Peanut's been doing better in the early game is an added bonus. It gives them a better chance to withstand what SKT is going to do. But, I mean, in all reality, these are two teams that can team fight very well. SKT does it by methodically taking objectives, right? They take the dragons, they take the barons, they take everything. They leave you nothing on the map. They kill your farm, they kill your resources by knowing when to push and when to you know pull back and when to roam and backing at the exact right time. Rocks struggles with that earlier on and then just gets smarter and smarter and knows how to pick fights, knows how to ward intelligently. I love the warding we see from Gorilla. I think he's one of the best uh, at just, you know, as a shot caller at making sure that they have vision in the right places so that they're always able to come back in games. That's why they were able to keep that Albus Knox game going as long as they did with two different Baron steals because his warding was immaculate in that game. I, that's that's to me what this is going to come down to. Can SKT choke them out before they get to that team fight phase, or are the Rocks Tigers going to get the engage that they want in that thirty to forty minute mark? That's going to turn the game around and allow them to snowball in their favor. Just 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 to touch on that point about Please. objective control a little bit more. Dragon percentage, total dragon percentage. SK Telecom seventy three percent. Rocks Tigers fifty four percent. Yep. First. To kill three towers. So mm -hmm. the first three towers. SK Telecom, 90% of their games, they kill the first three towers. Rocks, 64%. Uh, Baron percentage is where Rocks kind of catches up. Uh, Rocks has 76% of Barons as opposed to SK Telecom, 67% of their Barons. Yeah, uh, that, but that's then not a real difference here's, given the sample size. Here's, here's, a, here's a massive difference to me. Jungle percentage. So the amount of jungle creeps that each team controls over the course of a game. SK Telecom, 57.8%. Rocks Tigers, 524 57.8% is insane for the record. I just, for those of you who, who haven't looked at jungle percentage over the course of a year. Incredible. It's, it's, it's insane. That's a whole other level of, of just controlling the game. And, and honestly, it comes down to the fact that Blank and Faker have synergy now. Because that was what you were afraid you were going to have to sacrifice with Banky. Is that Banky was going to be very supportive. He was going to have to give up some things in order to get the other guys going. But at least that synergy was there. And he knew how to fight the right way at the right times and, and really get those skirmishes going the way SKT wants to. But now that Blank looks like he's on the same page with the rest of the team... If he plays as well as he did against EDG, uh, or, or I should excuse me, against Royal, that's going to be incredibly concerning for me. Yes. Because if Peanut yeah. gets starved out of resources, they don't have the tools to stop any potential SKT snowball. 
they need Peanut to be on point. And, you know, there are people saying after last week, well, Peanut might be the best jungler in the world. Well, okay. Time to prove it, man. Yeah, and, you're about and to if, find out on, on, on a, the biggest stage that of the tournament so far, Madison Square Garden, in front of all those screaming people, including you and I, <laughs> you're going to have to prove that you are that best jungler because otherwise, Blank will be very happy to take every resource that you have and put you on the back edge, and it's going to be... And, and I don't think... I don't think this happens, but if SKT feel like they need a change of pace, they have they have Bengi, they have that two time world champion, they have that guy with experience, they have the new new player, they have that ability to just like be like, all right, you know what, this super aggressive early game isn't working, let's just go full turtle control mode and let's get Bengi in there. That is always a possibility. I don't think it'll happen because Blank played so exceptionally well uh, mm-hmm. against Royal Never Give Up, but. You have to just realize that is in their pocket that they can just bring out Bengi. So um, I, th- I think SKT has this series. I think they have it one. I, I say it's going to be. I, th- I say it's going to be a three-two because I think Rocks Tigers are playing very, very well. Oh, yeah. um, and there will probably be a game where Smeb just absolutely Smebs all over Duke's face, um, which is fine. It'll happen. But at the same time, I think that, that SKT is just a stronger team. I think their, their drafting historically and their preparation is just better. And although Nofe has looked like an exceptional coach over the course of this, uh, this tournament, he, he doesn't quite have the experience that Kakoma does, and especially not in super high-pressure situations. I am going to argue against that. I, that's that is just entirely fair. I think Nofe has been the best drafter over the course of the whole year, um, just in terms of his consistency. Uh, you know, we've seen SKT in the past. You know, look at season four, right? He has had, you know, he's had problems at times uh, being able to, you know, properly, you know, adjust to certain metas. You know, the way he balanced SKTK and SKTS back in season four notably ended up screwing over both teams as far as going to Worlds went. Uh, Nofe has never struggled to get these Rocks Tigers going. Uh, they have always been one of the teams to most quickly adapt compared to other teams. Uh, you know, yes, they obviously, you know, he, he, uh, you know, is his coaching experience as, you know, illustrious? No, but he's coached a team that made it to the finals in their first year and are now at the semifinals against the same team really? that played. That's really, we want to talk happen. about first years getting to finals. Yeah, SKT. I mean, look, uh, uh, SKT, uh, SKT, Baker, regardless, regardless of whether they win this series or not, SKT are going to be the greatest organization that we have seen in league at at the end of this year. Um, it would take a lot to change that. I don't think a loss here would change that for the. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely and not. you know, but but I'm just saying. Nofe knows his stuff, and it's going to be a great coaching battle. I think it's going to be a great player battle. I think so much of it is going to come down to, you know, these very little slip-ups in pick and ban, or these very little slip-ups in terms of playing the game, a ward in the wrong place, you know, uh, a snuck play. You know, these teams know each other so well, and most of the time, SKT has had that edge. And so I understand why you'd have to give SKT that edge and that brings us to our gambling lines, Walter. Where do you think the line was for this game? I have SKT at minus 175. 
Now, I would like to remind the people at home, I'm down two points. <laughs> now he says that. I, uh, with three games to go, so I, I need all of these. I went SKT minus 130. Hmm. And I'm a little mad about this line because neither one of us gets it because Rox is favored minus 125. So I have a question. Um, unicorn, friends, uh, buddies, pals, I've worked with you for a long time. I have a lot of respect for you and your work and you know your formula and all of that. Um, you had SKT as a higher team in the futures bets. Both teams went three and one last week, and of the two of them, like, what changed? What changed? Why in the world is this a, a Rocks Tigers line? This makes no sense to me. It's not like either one of them. Looked- I got it. I, I know why. You know why? Why? I know why. Not because not anything play. This is a casino going, everyone's going to bet on rocks because they're the underdog, because they have such a good story. 67% of bets are going to SKT. That's because they have a the underdog now. God, I hate this. This I was preemptive. This was, this was, oh, rocks is going to kill the bugaboo. So, of course, they're going to start them out lower. And I, it, it, it's awful. It's bad. It's not right. They shouldn't be the favorites in this at all by any stretch of the imagination. But I think I understand why they did it. I don't agree with it. It's wrong. It's bad. They should be shamed and marched through the red the streets of the capital to the red keep naked. Oh, my God. But, well, what it means is that I now have to be perfect and you can't tie me or uh, at any point. I, I can't even... This sucks. I mean, look, <laughs> and the worst part is it's it's SKT minus 105, so it's not like you're getting value. There's no value to be had here. Stay away. Stay away from this game, people. The only thing I would say, you know, we talked about jungle control. Uh, first Dragon right now, uh, they're both even odds at minus 112. Uh, we just spent a whole bunch of time explaining to you how dominant SKT has been in jungle objective control. Maybe that's... Worth something? I... Fox Tigers has a better first dragon rate at 64%, but SKT's is at 60. Don't bet on this game. Just don't do it. If anything, plus 165 to go over four and a half maps. That's probably the that's the only bet you can feel good about because at least then you're rooting probably. for a five-game series. Probably five games. Yeah, I go for silver scrapes here. Yeah, I that's... like silver scrapes. And for the record, I, I, I mean, we're going to have to make a prediction. Are you picking SKT formally? S- SKT 3-2. Yep. I have Rocks 3-2. I think this is the time. I think they're finally there. I, I love the way they're playing right now. Are, are you saying the time is up? The time is now? Yeah, look. <laughs> you can't see me. <laughs> well, you can't see me. The stream isn't crashing this time. <laughs> but, uh, you know. But, but I, I think that it, it's about time for for Nofe and, and that company to really put it all together. I think they're playing as well as they ever have. And that's not to say that SKT is playing poorly. It's going to be one heck of a series. But I really love the way the Rocks Tigers plays. And I think the key is, do I believe that SKT are going to be able to snowball the game three times? Kuro plays safe enough. Prey plays safe enough. Blank really has to outplay Peanut. And right now, I love the way Peanut's playing. That's And, and, and look, I, I do not feel confident Faker. about that. I would never put money on Faker. it. Faker. Faker. Faker, 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 
Faker, faker, faker. Faker, faker, faker. Faker, faker, faker. Faker, faker, curro, faker. Uh, I think. Yeah, look, I'm not. My argument, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, my argument, my closing statement. That I'm. I tip my hat to you. I'm not disagreeing. Faker. There's a reason I would never. I'm never putting any money on it. I would never put money on it. Faker. Faker. (laughs) Let's move on to the other series, which is a series. We have to talk about it. Um, Samsung Galaxy. I know, I can't talk about this series. Oh, boy, Betty. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm I'm so happy. Well, look, one of us has to be because... I'm so excited. Okay, so so Walter here. I'm going to play the role of the skeptic. I know it's going to be hard for you to believe that I'm skeptical about H2K. Heretic. Heretic. No, just for devil's advocate, just for a second here. Devil's advocate. What did you see in the H2K series that makes you think I could see them winning a best of five series against Samsung Galaxy the way they're playing right now? What they what are the now, things you point to as a European superfan? They have now shown over the course of the tournament that all four of their carries can single-handedly carry a game. They have now proven that their their weak links. Um, Vander is the weak link. I'm, I I need to take Vander out of this discussion because he's a real wild card to me. Yeah. Where he can show up. No, and no, they played play. the wild cards last week, Walter. Uh, <laughs> I got you, but that was that. You get it. He's a real wild card where he could show up and he could be an Elvis Knox Luna, or he shows up and he's Bangkok Titans, and you're like, oh, why did we invite you to the party? But they have shown over the course of the World Championship that all four of the other players can carry. Oda Wamne was the the question mark to me because he was not playing very well. Even going back to the playoffs, he wasn't playing very well. Groups, he was not playing very well. It was not of a guy that we were hearing, oh, yeah, Oda Wamne is, like, really good. Like, he belongs in a discussion of, like, top, top laners in the world. Apparently Koreans were because apparently he did so well in scrims. I came out of nowhere for us, too. I, I mean, this and, and then, yeah, and then he styles, and granted, it's Smurf. It's an LCL player, like, whatever. But, like, just crushes him. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, like, Smurf made a mistake. It was, no, Odo Omni's just like, I'm going to solo kill you 30 times over three games, just so you're aware of that. And, and, and for the record. Yeah, you keep giving me Jace. I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. he was phenomenal. It, it would have been nice to see his champion pool tested a little bit more than it was but i'll say this you know people give mouse a lot of crap but he did outplay mouse just as much in that second week he he managed to play very well against ziv who i think is one of the five best top laners in the world i you know i i think that he has more than proven his own in this tournament and this is one of those things where funnily enough i'll turn to thorin and thorin has been saying that he could be that guy for forever you know that's his uh that's been his thing right is that you know, it's it's Oduamne has that potential, but he doesn't do it on the big stage. He just comes up a bit short. It's why H2K doesn't make it to these European finals. It's why, you know, they fumbled at Worlds, and it was all set after that one and two week to do exactly that, and they proved me wrong. And I'm and I'm happy to say they proved me wrong. It's more fun that they proved me wrong because now I get to look at Prawley, my Georgia boy, ATL, piece up, A Town down. Got to talk to him about barbecue if I get any chance to see him this weekend. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he has proven that he is a very intelligent coach, that he knows how to game plan very well, that he knows how to adjust to other teams. The adjustments they made between week one and week two were incredibly impressive. I have no doubt that they've taken a look at Samsung Galaxy and watched the film and 
try to come up with what their game plan is going to be. I have no doubt that they know what their strengths are and, and how they plan to, to play around that. You know, I think they're going to be as ready as they can be. But the looming sword of Damocles that hangs over this team is their mid-game, is closing out games, even when they had 8 to 10k gold leads against Albus Noxlina, there were missteps in closing out games in both game one and game three. And this is something where they often looked, you know, especially you look at their game against H uh, AHQ, they looked like they didn't quite know how to close out a game there. Uh, they certainly have had a, a lot of games where it felt like they should have been way more decisive given how good they've been in laning. And for the record, no one is happier than me that Yankos has gone back to being the first yeah, and then, you For know, the record, what? Just, I, I love for the Yankos. record. I love my boy Yankos. But none of that fixes their mid to late game. Oh, I died? Uh, well, now you're back. So we, we lost you at for the record, and then oh, you said... sorry. For, for the record, no one is happier than me than my boy Yankos from my old Rockat days. Rest <laughs> in pepperonis, Rockat. Uh, at least you still exist as a team, unlike my CJ Antis guys. But, um, you know, I, uh, I love seeing him play well. I love seeing him be the first Blood King. But none of that's translating into mid-game success. And Samsung has been so good at rotations... How do 8H2K shore up that hole, or is that a hole that, you know, you can't fix in a week? So, I think part of this is going to be that H2K is just going to have to try and extend the laning phase as long as they possibly can, which has kind of been, which was kind of their MO in that, in that second week of group stages, and then even going into uh, this match, uh, this quarterfinal series that was against Albus Knox Luna. They're just very comfortable saying okay we'll have a 25 minute laning phase we don't care and they're going to build and they're going to chip away at your towers and they're going to build these massive cs and these mad gold massive gold differential leads um just through their sheer laning talent when all three of these players ryu forgiven and onuamne are at their best mm -hmm. laning wise they can compete with anyone in the world I think Ryu can compete with Faker if you just talk about pure laning mechanics. I think that is absolutely true. I think Forgiven can match up and did match up against the number one eighty carry in the world in Deft on three occasions. He did very well into him. Yeah, like, no. I I don't think that that is an issue. And you're right; it is going to be the mid game. So I think their their goal, their strategy is going to be minimize that mid game time minimize that amount of, of, of rotational play, it's going to turn into a, all right, we're going to you know do one four or we're going to just keep clumping up and we're just going to keep sending people to, all right, push that lane out. All right, now push this lane out. Okay, push that lane out. And maybe they'll, they'll probably play Caitlyn at some point. So we'll have this you know power trough that Caitlyn sits in. I would you be know, surprised. All these types of things. It's the best game in the world. There's no fine, but but all those all champions have some sort of power trough, and H2K is really smart at identifying when that power trough is and going. Okay, we can't aggress. We're just going to sit back on our heels. These games, I think, are going to be exceptionally long games. I think these games, unless Samsung just completely rolls over them in the first twenty minutes and builds a massive gold lead and just kills them, these are going to probably be forty-five to fifty-minute games, just because of H2K's desire to extend that lane phase as long as they can. Until they get to the point where one fight can, can win you so much. And I think that's going to be H2K's path to victory against Samsung. On the other hand, Samsung's path to victory is going to be 
rotate on them, move on them. You know that they're just going to try and set up all this wave clear duty. So figure out, okay, who's, you know, try and get these towers down as early as possible so you can open up their jungle, so you can get all this vision in there. Try and get onto the Tom Kench so you can pick people off. I think Samsung is really going to rely on pick compositions uh, as opposed to anything else, and, and H2K are really going to hang their hand on these kind of siege team fight style compositions. And, and, and this is where I, I both agree and disagree to a certain extent. Um, on the one hand, I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, this is a an H2K team that's going to want to extend the landing phase as long as possible. Um, you say that they know when to, uh, when to pick fights and when not to. Uh, game three against Albus Noxalina would love to disagree with you on that. Uh, they they have had problems picking fights that they really didn't need to to try to force, you know, whatever they believe their next objective is. Usually Baron, uh, they spend a lot of time trying to force fights that will allow them to grab Barons, and that's not, something not that you cannot afford to do against Samsung Galaxy. That's that's not going to be acceptable. And the other problem is I don't like this idea of, well, if we just get to this late game team fight, then we'll outplay Samsung Galaxy because Samsung Galaxy has been really good at late game team fights. Crown scales super well. Ruler has been really good at being a backline team fighter. Uh, Core JJ is really good at saving these initiation setup. And in all reality, you look at, okay, well, then just snowball the early game. Ambition's been one of the best three junglers at this tournament. Um, I don't know whether that's going to last. As a CJ Antis fan, it makes me sad inside that I have to say that because I have to watch him do it for a completely different org. But, I mean, the guy's really really good at setting up and, plays and, and i don't Yankos, think they're just gonna sit there and just and yankos has been what a top four jungler at this no, tournament I, I look i i put them very close to each other i think yankos is playing out of his mind which is wonderful to see mm -hmm. but my point is if you think that they're gonna sit back and let h2k extend the landing phase as long as they want that's not how ambition plays that's not how ambition plays that's not how cuvee plays that's not how core jj with his roaming support picks plays that ain't gonna happen so you're going to have to find a way to close some of these mid-game fights and pick the right skirmishes because otherwise Samsung will skirmish you and you do not want to let Samsung dictate the pace of the game. That is how H2K falls. That's, that's true. And that's I, no, that's no, very true. true. There's, there's an argument, and it will happen at least once. It will happen at least once that H2K just snowballs the early game. Forgiven gets a, a first blood or two. Yankos really gets going, and, and you know QV gets put down on a champion that he can't easily scale back from. And it's just too much of a deficit for Samsung to overcome. I can see that happening right. once. But you got to do it three times in a five-game series. And I believe that the talent that is on Samsung is not... This isn't like Albus Knox where they're going to be able to bully these people over. And it's not like they're playing EDG or AHQ, both of which had really glaring weak points, you know, with EDG just attack the top lane. With AHQ, you looked at that roster and you said, well... West Door is just a gaping hole of, of suckingness, and they're not going to play Chawi because they hate all of their fans. So we can just attack that mid lane, attack Mountain because Mountain's not aggressive enough. You know, th those are glowing weak points. I don't know what Samsung's glowing weak point is. There are places in which I think H2K can match up very well and even surpass in the right situation, but not to the extent that they have done in the victories that we've seen so far. I don't see those kinds of gold leads happening again. At the very least, it would require huge drop-offs from the Samsung that we saw just 3-0 Cloud9 like they didn't exist. Would require massive drop-off from the H2K we saw 3-0 Albus Nox Luna like they didn't exist. Yeah, well, Albus Nox Luna is not Cloud9. 
If you put Cloud9 and Albus Noxaluna in a best of five series, I don't think Albus Noxaluna wins. It's a great story. They battle out of the group stage. I'm glad they did it. But we're, like, we cannot sit here and pretend that those are equal opponents. In a best of five situation, there is no wild card that has ever come close to prepping the way that all these power regents who get to play best of fives way more often can do. The infrastructure is just not there. I mean, that's why I broke down Likert's post so thoroughly in the first part of this podcast is because it showed clear, evident flaws in the way that they approached the pick and ban phase and prepping for these kinds of opponents. And Samsung ain't making those mistakes. That's just not going to happen. This is an organization that won Worlds two years ago and has most of those same people intact and making decisions. If that's what you're counting on, good luck. I mean... Not, it's not the same roster. I, I, I really, it really irks me when people bring up the Samsung one worlds two years ago. There's not a single player on this team. The coaches that is still are the there. same. The oh coaches, the coaches matter. If coaches do are not have uh, in Korea they such matter. a massive impact once the game is on the rift. They, they don't matter. Coma they, matters. No fame matters. They matter, but once they get on the rift, a coach can. You, you know this. Once your players are on the rift. All a coach can do is sit back and pray that their players listen to them and, and accepted their lessons and actually put those into effect. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's absolutely true. And, and Crawley, no, has, and, Crawley has shown that he has a mastery of controlling what the – of going after what the opponent's weakness is in the pick-band phase and adapting over the course of a best-of series. He has proven that as well as himself. Maybe not to a world championship extent like the Samson coaches have, yeah. but – he has also proven that he can adapt on the go in a in a best of tournament. And Samsung has pulled the same seven wins in a row that H2K have, except they did it in Group D, which was the group that everyone said was the group of death. They beat up on TSM. Seven wins is seven wins. On, that's not that's not seven true. wins is if seven wins. If you beat wins. Phoenix one seven times, that's not the same as beating it's, TSM seven times. That's not in a win streak. It's still seven wins. Two of those games were splice. I'm uh, two of the seven wins. Uh, yeah. No, I'm. It was Royal never give up twice. Splice once. There, there was the game in between where they lost to TSM. The splices. Oh, okay. I'm not including that one. So that's that right. they, that's beating Royal never give up twice. A team that made it to the semifinals. It's beating TSM twice <laughs> and stomping. It's being. It's, uh, sorry, beating TSM once and stomping them the second time around. And it's a 3-0 stomp. And it was an absolute stomp against. Cloud nine, Those and H2K are... was a was stomping EDG twice, was stomping AHQ once, was stomping INTZ, which I guess was not a great. No, it doesn't point anything, and stomping Albus Knox Luna three times. Yeah, I, I. If you compare the strength of schedule there, if if this was college football, and we had the BCS rankings, you would not have the quality of victory anywhere near the same. And that's, like, that's fine. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's just, I, look, and, and that's not, like, that's not a criticism of H2K. They can only beat the team in front of them. But the way they've beaten teams is they've exploited these weaknesses that I don't see on this Samsung roster the way they're playing right now. There is not one person that they can target the way they have been able to target EDG. Core JJ. Or, you're going to target Core JJ? You think Core JJ is the weakest player on this team? If you want to know who the weakest player on that team is, it's Core JJ. Oh, I, I disagree with you so strongly there. I think that bot lane is their weak point. I think that's where you go after. You know Ambition's going to go down there because Forgiven is going to bully Ruler in lane, so 
Yankels can either go down there and just fight 3v3, which is what H2K has done all the way back to the playoffs in Europe, or he goes and gets his other lanes ahead because Kuve and Ruler, uh, Kuve and Crown, I think, are even matchups for Odawamne and for Ryu. So you could tilt one of those in your favor. I don't sure. think this is as clean a victory as you, you're professing Samsung to have. I think individually H2K matches up. I think on a macro level they don't. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I've seen them snowball wins because they take those micro advantages, but I don't think Samsung is going to give up so many micro advantages, and I think the macro play has been incredibly decisive. Um, I, that's, that's just not been... We get to see it live! We do, we do. And where do you think the line is, Walter? It's time. Well, I have. Because I would like to point out, despite everything you just said, you actually had less faith in H2K when making this I have line. Samsung at minus 332. Yeah. I had Samsung at minus 320. And I would like to congratulate you, Walter, for winning the Guess the Lines World yes! Championship Championships. It's your second win out of six. You've won both World Championships, though, so I guess those count double. So let's say we're even. Um, I don't know what it is about Worlds. It always throws me off. I had two, I had two bad weeks, and, uh, and that, two bad days, I should say, where I got like 5-1 and 6-0'd, and those killed me. And uh, you know what? I accept that. I accept the punishment that you still haven't figured out what it's going to be. I know. Um, the actual line. Samsung minus 476. Okay. I was going to go even higher. H2K at plus 320. And, and I, by the way, I think that's a fair line. I, I understand that there's a lot that's going for H2K. But you know what? We made a lot of the same arguments for Orihan and Fnatic last year, and they both got 3-0'd. That's, that's just how this goes. There's something about you know, the way Koreans play the macro game versus the way Europeans play the macro game. There are flaws within the European meta. And remember, there were only a week ago on the podcast talking about how Europe as a region is just, you know, how did we forget that they just weren't very good because we brought it up at the beginning of the season. And H2K has surpassed their region. They have done better than anyone could have expected. They should be incredibly proud of their run when it ends this week. H2K 3-2. God-given, boys. I mean, I, I, knew, you, I, I knew that you were going to... H2K 3-2. I knew you were going to give H2K at least two wins. I did not realize you were going to give them the series. H2K 3-2. I have uh, Samsung 3-1. Ryu versus Faker Finals. Forgiven slays the god. He then becomes... Constantinus Forgiven God Slayer, however you pronounce his name. He's already got Napoleon in his name. He really doesn't need the extra nicknames. He does need the extra nickname. I, um... God give... He's going to change his name from Forgiven to God Slayer. That is what his new IGN will be. It'll be known as God Slayer. It'll, it'll be something, that's for sure. I... And then they'll cut off one of his hands. They'll replace it with a golden one. And, uh... I think it's much more likely we see a 3-0 than we see a 3-2 victory for H2K. I, I just I think the Samsung team's really, really good. And I think that what H2K does best is something they can't do in this series. And it's not their fault that they can't do it. They just, they're not built to do it. That's not how they've won games so far. And if they prove me wrong, no one will be happier to come back on this podcast and admit I was wrong. I, was, I just, I was very happy this week to say it. I'm glad that they 3 0 because it was the decisive victory that makes them, me say that they're going to take a game against Samsung. And I do think they take a game. I think it's going to be close. 
I think it's going to be a lot closer than any of the quarterfinal series we saw. I think that this is a better opponent for them than EDG or Royal Never Give Up were for the other Korean teams. I just think Samsung's really, really good. And they're playing right now the best that they've ever played. And this meta works so well for what they do. So we'll find out. Those are our picks. Uh, we're going to wrap up the um, actual podcast section here. So uh, just quick for those of you um, who want to. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Rasta Puppy, uh, Duppy reminding you uh, that last year's Ryu versus Faker did not go very well. So. This is a better H2K team. This is a way better H2K team. He doesn't have to deal with Lolex. Yeah, there's no Lolex. That is, that is a huge advantage. Oh, uh, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Uh, embarrassing, embarrassing. Much like Chase losing to me in the Guest Alliance Challenge. Now I have to come up with something good. Yeah, you guys can let him know. Uh, you should uh, message him. At, uh, where, where can the people at home find you, Walter? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. I will now spend the entire day at work tomorrow and my bus ride to New York coming up with how I shall punish you. Maybe we'll do it in New York and I'll videotape it. We'll put it up on the YouTube. Yeah, you make me take some terrible shot, like some crazy hot peppers or whatever in there. You'll come up with something, I'm sure. Um, I am at Richard King. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod. That's where we'll get news about all of our stuff, including when we are going to be streaming these kind of things. So... You should definitely uh, make sure to do that. You can also follow the stream itself, uh, twitch.tv slash roughdraftspodcast. That way you'll know whenever we go live. You get those nice little messages in your inbox, and you can come and join the show. Uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in. Uh, it was really great to have you guys. Uh, you know, we love interacting with the crowd, and we're going to continue to do that on the Q&A. Uh, really quick, also, soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or iTunes Rough Drafts Podcast. That's where you find the audio-only versions of this. Uh, we are going to move on to the Q&A section, but for those of you listening at home, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>